Greetings, innovators. How you doing? How's it going? How are you? Thank you for joining me for another episode of Vividly Speaking with who else but me, Dr. Vivid. Thank you for all your listenership, your support, your subscriptions, your likes, your feedback. You guys always, you, you make me feel so great. It's the you for me. It's the listeners for me. <laughs> so let's not wait anymore. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Come on, let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. You guys, how have you been doing this week? Child, guess what, y'all? I got my new glasses. And I'm not really feeling them. I'm not. <laughs> um, you guys are really used to me with these really wild or bright, vivid frames. And these frames aren't giving me the life that I need. They are definitely the in the house bougie auntie <laughs> inside glasses. So don't talk about me when you see me in these social media streets. Don't. Don't look at me. Don't draw me like one of your French girls. Don't. <laughs> but other than that, um, I've just been preparing for Thanksgiving. You know, I talked to you guys last time about getting my menu together and it is set, honey. I'm ready to cook. I am definitely ready to eat. Like Thanksgiving is like the ultimate cheat day. Come on. Just the ultimate cheat day. And I, I feel it in my spirit. And speaking of food and eating. As you go to see your friends, family, and the like, please refrain from commenting on people's weight, okay? Stay away from that this holiday season and learn how to compliment each other without referring to weight. Stay away from, oh, you look so good then, you lost all that weight. Please don't point out people gaining weight and your problem with it. Because that's a you issue. That's some you shit. Keep that to yourself, okay? First of all, you don't know what people are going through. The holiday, that season, is a season where a lot of people do pick on, pick up extra weight because of extra stress. Not just extra eating because of the holidays, because of extra stress and the change in weather. And depression and intensified mood and other mental health related symptoms. And also, I'm gonna be real with y'all. I'm someone who has gained about 10 pounds in the last week and a half, two weeks. Yikes. <laughs> I, I told you guys I changed my psychotropic medication. And with a lot of psychotropics, you gain weight. So imagine going to someone's holiday gathering and commenting on someone gaining weight when they've gained said weight because they're trying to get their other symptoms of regarding their related to their mental health under control and you send them spiraling. And also, let's go a step further. Someone could be dealing with disordered eating and feel like they're at a sweet spot and your comments can knock them out of that good space that they're in. Someone could be dealing with a health issue that has caused them to lose or gain weight and they could be self-conscious about it. They don't need your energy and your comments. 
And also, gaining weight or losing weight doesn't always have to be problematic. You also know, if you listen to my episode, Body Issues, that I've been small most of my life. And I've been purposely gaining weight as a result of wanting to feel more womanly. But toning that weight by working with a trainer and doing this exercise and fitness program. So because you have some negative feelings about weight loss or weight gain, please don't project them onto other people. Please don't be one of those people who get cussed out after everybody then went for their pumpkin and sweet potato pie, their cobbler, and they hear you getting blessed out in the hallway because you commented on somebody's weight. Because you know what? You probably deserved it. Don't do that. Just get you some macaroni and cheese and put it in your face. That's going to help you from the negative things that's going to come out of your face. Put food in your face so the bad things won't come out. All right? (laughs) Remember, find ways to compliment people that have nothing to do with weight. You can say, you look great. You look like you're in a great space. You can say, tell me, what has you feeling so good, looking so good lately? Tell me, tell me. Or you could compliment somebody in my favorite black space way. I'm trying to look like you. I'm trying to get like you. What you doing? Or stay away from appearance. I hear you're doing this. You're working on this. Tell me about that. Proud of you. Keep pushing. Keep working. Talk about things that aren't weight, okay? All right, let's get to the rest of the episode. You know what time it is. Let's go. What's happening? What goes on here, y'all? I'm going to hit y'all with two Two, because I've been looking at the news, reading articles, and I've been dealing with foolishness I've been seeing on Beyonce and Jay-Z's internet. First, I would like to call us all to action. And say, dial this number, 405-521-2342. Governor Stitt. Guess what, sir? We need you to pardon Julius Jones. Grant him clemency. Save him from a wrongful execution. I have it posted on my Instagram story. They have a script for you to follow. Um, Shout out to the Conscious Lee. I would like to urge Governor, Governor Stitt to stand by his own word to follow the recommendation of pardon and parole board And grant Julius Jones clemency. Please save Julius from a wrongful execution. It's already been stated 
by the prosecution and stated by the pardon and parole board that there is not enough evidence to uphold this man's sentence and therefore execute him. Please save this black man's life. What's happening? What goes on here? When you have evidence that this person is innocent and you still say, nah, let him die. Please, if you can, apply pressure. Call 405-521-2342 and urge them to do the right thing to be on the right side of justice, okay? And on a, not necessarily a lighter note, Jonathan, his mama named him Jonathan, but y'all know him as the baby. He got on Instagram Live in front of his millions of followers and defamed and demeaned and disrespected Danny. His, the mother of his child. And she aired her grievances and some of her pain. And they went back and forth and it got really ugly. Police were even called on her for, I think, a simple assault. I want to say this. There are ways to let go of someone without disrespecting them. You can end a relationship, an entanglement, a dynamic without dragging someone through the mud, especially someone that you've created another life with. I've been hurt. Oh, I have. I've been cheated on. I've been disrespected. But I've never felt the need to go on Instagram and do a whole live just ripping someone to shreds. <laughs> Some might argue I have enough <laughs> to stand on to do it. But what does that do? What we put on the internet never dies. So years from now, my children could stumble across that clip and go, wow, that's what you think of my parent? The person that you connected with to create me? We got to stop publicly humiliating people to put them in their place because that's what that was. Chopping people down. It doesn't matter. Oh, you went and wanted to let everybody know that she was the side chick. It doesn't matter what you name her. She still was a significant other. She was significant enough for you to spend time with, invest in. Significant enough for you to lay with on multiple occasions. Significant enough for you to create a life with. Significant enough for you to move in with or move her in, whatever the story is. Remember that a person was significant enough before you go out here and try to make a fool of them publicly. We go through so many things in private 
why draw attention to someone's pain and someone's anguish and someone's naivete for entertainment? So before you make that post dragging him, her, them, think about the once upon a time they were significant enough to be your other. Y'all stop going on live just just being ridiculous. What's what's happening? What goes on here? Let's get to the rest of the episode. So I've been inspired. Um this week I watched Insecure. Um not really spoiler alert if you've watched any of the last two seasons. Yeah, you know that one of the characters um has been open about his bipolar diagnosis. And then I was listening to the read last week. Shout out to Crystal and Kid Fury. And they were reading um one of the listeners' letters about someone um they were in a dynamic, a sexual dynamic for the most part, but they, they cared for each other. But um, this gentleman um, was like, ah, I kind of want, he kind of wants to be in a relationship, but I don't. So he went on a, um, a deep dive on um, the other guy's Facebook because he said he'd been like hot and cold and kind of weird around him. And he couldn't just get his his head around like what was going on you know so after doing a deep dive (laughs) of some Facebook investigation he found out that this person who had been his lover on and off for about like three to five years I can't remember how long had um was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and uh had also stated that they were anti-medicine he was anti-medicine he wasn't going to take any medicine to control his symptoms and um upon finding this information the person was conflicted because they were like I don't know if I can deal with that it's not that I can't deal with your diagnosis but I don't know if now that I know why you've been so up and down and hot and cold I don't know if I can deal with the fact that you're fine with not regulating that and you're not and you're fine with that impacting me negatively or making me uncomfortable Um, And it was a great conversation. So this week I want to talk about letting people that you're in relationships with know about the status of your mental health and wellness. We talk about our jobs. We talk about, oh, how much should this person make? When should we talk about income? When should we talk about kids? And, well, you know, how do we introduce getting married and when do we talk about um, our significant, the last person that we've been with and our past significant others? When do we talk about our mental health? <laughs> when do we talk about that? There shouldn't be a situation where you stumble across someone's mental health diagnoses by happenstance. Because your mental health diagnosis is a part of your emotional functioning, your behavioral functioning, your cognitive functioning. And when we're in relationships, for the most part, we we try to 
be in sync with how another person feels and um, we look out for each other's feelings and we look for changes in patterns and behavior to see, you know, do we need to, you know, pour into them more? Do we need to give them space? Or, um, and we're, we take considerable effort to help someone when they're not having a great time. And your mental health plays a role in all that. You shouldn't be afraid or hesitant to let someone know if you have a mental health diagnosis. If you are bold enough to allow someone to know your darkest secrets and your deepest fears, if you're bold enough to allow someone to meet your family, your friends, your inner circle, come to your home, your inner sanctum, if you are bold enough to allow someone to have sex with you, you should be bold enough to let them know about that part of you because it affects you in good ways and not so great ways. So when should we have this conversation? I think um, I'm a person who's pretty upfront about my relationship with my anxiety disorder and my major depressive disorder and my PTSD diagnosis. I, that's because I love transparency. And also because I don't want someone to internalize my behavior as something that they did wrong. If it's a day when I just don't feel like talking and I'm just looking at my phone ringing, I don't want them to think that I'm icing them out or they did something to piss me off. Um, if it's a day where I'm all in my head and I find myself chronically apologizing <laughs> I don't want them to think they're being weird around me. What's what's going on with them? And trying to rack their brain for what could possibly be happening to the point where it makes them feel uncomfortable. If I'm having one of those days where it's crying spells or I just can't get my thoughts together and I feel like I'm zoning out. And I'm not giving them attention. I don't want to think it's because I'm purposely ignoring them. I'm being rude and I don't value their presence. I want them to know I'm in the midst of an episode. So that they can choose how to, you know, protect themselves emotionally. If they or feel like or they can choose whether or not they have the bandwidth to be in a moment with me. Or if they need kind of space to process what it means for them to, to witness or to, to see me in that state. But I don't want them feeling like this is due to something that they, they created. And uh, sometimes our moods are because something that um, our loved ones have said or done or we assume they've done. But... With a mental health diagnosis, is, it could be a little tricky with that. So I think once you decide that you're seeing someone um, on a frequent basis and you shared 
personal information about one another and you like spending time with them and you talk about a future, definitely you should be talking about what impacts your emotional well-being and how you function. You would, I would hate for something to go wrong with me and a person to not know how to respond. It shouldn't be a dirty thing. It shouldn't be this secretive thing. It shouldn't be something that we find out from, from a friend of a friend of a friend. Or you find out when I'm having an episode. Because honestly... People deserve the option to say, I can deal with this with you. I understand. I know this is not the totality of who you are and I can stand and, and, and be here with you or I don't know. This makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think of some people are scared of that rejection and that abandonment piece but I would much rather someone say, I don't know if I'm equipped to do this, so I'm going to fall back. Or I don't quite understand what that means for you, so that's a little heavy, so I'm going to kiss and say goodbye. Than to have someone be blindsided, blindsided by an episode or a flurry of symptoms. I don't believe in hiding parts of myself from others. If you are interested in me, you need to know the whole Ashley. You need to know the good, the bad, the ugly, the neutral. There's so many sides to us as humans and a mental health diagnosis is just one of those sides. It's not the end of the world. It's not like, you know, hey, um, I, I really like you, but <clears throat> I got this thing. So, uh, so, so I'm, I'm a serial killer. I, 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 um, uh, I like to, you know, get rid of people on the weekends. <laughs> it's not that. Let's stop treating a mental health diagnosis like it's the end of a life, like it's the end of the world. Like it is saying that you have the unthinkable. It's it's like we've talked about on this show before, like it, diagnoses are more common than you think. And not disclosing also shows that there may be some issues of trust. Do you think that that person won't handle you the same, won't love you the same, won't see you the same, won't be for you, be there for you the same way once you've revealed this information to them? That's something you have to work on. And just because someone says, hey, yeah, I don't really understand it or that may be too much for me. It doesn't mean that the next person will say the same thing. The next person may have more patience. The next person may have 
um, more room to learn more. Hell, the next person may have their own diagnosis or have someone in their family that they've experienced caring and loving for who they are. And they're like, okay, I get it. And by the way, my credit score sucks. So now we're even, (laughs) you know, you shouldn't hide those things from one another because then you start building a relationship on secrets and lies and untruths and that's not a solid foundation at all. It's not. And if you don't feel safe enough to let someone know your diagnosis, I need you to sit back and think, well, how do I truly feel about this person? What does that say about my trust issues, my boundaries, What does that say about the way I truly feel about this person, the way I feel like this person sees me? That you feel like after you've invested time and effort and that person has done the same, that you're damaged goods once you open your mouth. It's no such thing. Like I said, if we're going to discuss finances, If we're going to discuss religious beliefs, if we're going to discuss bringing children into the mix, if we're going to discuss having sex on a regular basis and then hanging out with each other, (laughs) we should discuss the things that trigger me. You know why? Because what if someone inadvertently triggers you or does something that triggers you and they're not aware I'm sure no one would want to hurt you purposely if they really care about you or put you in a space that make you feel uncomfortable. So let them know so that you can avoid moments like that. Let them know so they can give you the room that you need. They over here thinking that they did something wrong. So they're clamoring for your attention and trying to get next to you and blowing your phone up and showing up at your house when you are ignoring them because you're going to ep- going through an episode in which you really needed space, but you've, you haven't expressed that. So now you're feeling heightened and extra triggered and you're responding poorly. And this person is just turning it up a notch. And it's making you more and more uncomfortable. You fed into, you fed the monster by keeping your mouth closed. True intimacy means true vulnerability. Means exposing, revealing and standing in our truth. I think we should practice that honesty more when it comes to mental health and wellness because again, that will create a normalcy that will help erase the stigma. And it also will result in healthier relationships, healthier communication because now you're giving each other a true chance to, to understand how 
to best get through to one another, how to be there for one another. You're giving yourselves the best chance at a long and healthy relationship by putting all the cards on the table. (laughs) You show me yours, I show you mine. I like that. Matter of fact, that's the name of this episode. So, be truthful with your partners, your others. Have conversations about the things that trigger you, the things that soothe you, how best to respond to your episodes, things that help, things that don't help, and how you could be a better partner for them. (laughs) Do they need you to tell them more about your symptoms or how um, your episodes last, how they play out? Do they just need more information about the diagnosis in general? Do they need to know um, about anything that is vulnerable but vital when it comes to intimate touch or certain conversations help each other let's talk about it here's the healthier relationships less secrets and less facebook sleuthing that result results in a bag of what the fuck i don't even know them okay we got enough problems on social media Let's not let people find out about our mental health diagnoses on there, too. Okay? All right. All right, y'all, it's time for whale mail. This is the part of the episode where I answer your mental health, wellness, and life-related questions. This week's question, you guessed it, you was right. It comes from the TikTok streets. Um, You know, I'm there every week for Coat Chat with Dr. Vivid, and people sending questions before, during, and after Cope Chat. Uh, Cope Chat with Dr. Vivid occurs on TikTok every Sunday at 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So, the people from the land of TikTok want to know, what do I do with a family member who is resistant to change? How do I handle that? I want to help them get better, but they just don't seem to be taking any of the steps. 
it can be rough. It can be really hard when you see somebody struggling with mental health issues and substance abuse issues and you feel like, hey, I'm laying all the resources and the cards out for you. I'm going to handhold you. I'm going to drive you to the appointment. I'm going to take you to the meeting. I'll do whatever you need. I'll pay for the treatment. I'll help you with your bills until you get on your feet as long as you do this. It's rough to watch someone struggle and feel like you have so many things lined up for them. And this, I need you to realize, some people won't get help because you tell them they need to get help. Especially when we talk about severe chronic mental illness and um, serious substance abuse and dependency. People have to hit their own rock bottom, hit their darkest moment on their own and then desire to change. You can't force the desire to change into someone. You can be there, you can offer the resources, and you can know that that was your best. You're like, I, I, I took them here, I did this, I offered that. You've done enough. You've done all you can do. Shit, the way you're talking, you're like, well, I'll do the treatment for them. <laughs> you, you can't. And I know it hurts because it's so close to you. You see what's going on. But people have to want change for themselves. That's the only time it's real and it'll stick. They can't want it for their mom, want it for their cousin, want it because... Other people say they should want it. They have to really feel the desire for more, for better. And then you see them change. They, you know, when people really desire uh, to change, we see them go through stages like pre-contemplation, like, oh, I suppose this can happen. Then in contemplation, I'm thinking about really working on this or going to treatment or going to therapy and then you see them actively pursuing it and then after they actively pursue it you see them in the maintenance stage I'm going to maintain this and then you see a change that is for the most part consistent and standing true but they did that on their own and please don't feel guilty because what you have done has not created the change it's not your responsibility even if you're a parent, even if you're a significant other, even if you're the child, even I don't the best friend, I don't care what the relationship is. Make peace with the fact that you've done all you can do. They have to take those steps on their own. And you have to now take that energy that you were using for them and focus it on yourself and how you're going to heal because this process has dragged you, has pushed you, has prodded you, has done a number on you. So while you can't focus on their healing for them, you can focus on your own healing for yourself. You can be there for yourself. And that's not turning your back on them. That's not abandoning them. That's leaving the keys to the path to freedom on the table than saying, 
They're there when you're ready. But I'm going to go do this. For me. I learned through watching my mother on, on her path to sobriety that doing it for other people just won't be the same. And nothing that I can do, none of the tears, none of the begging, none of the pleading, it won't be the same as if it would be when they do it for themselves. Because let me tell you something, if you haven't been in the shoes of someone with severe chronic mental illness or a serious substance abuse and dependency issue, you won't feel or won't acknowledge some of their victories the way they need them to be acknowledged. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like they take the time to change for you and you don't acknowledge a victory because it's not big enough for you. Because you weren't in their shoes to understand how hard it was for them to really secure this win, secure this victory. So you see it as something small, like, oh, I I got up and went to work. Okay, big deal. Everybody's supposed to go to work. You don't know <laughs> how hard it is for me to get up out the bed and not think about harming or not think about taking my life to not, you know, to not just want to deal or to just fiend for another hit. You don't know that feeling. So how dare you tell me that that's not a big deal? How dare you not give me that clap for that win? And that's the thing. And that's why some people, you know, they really don't respond to, to those type that, that change for others. Because we don't, we don't, we didn't feel it. We weren't there to know how big the things we're saying or saying are small really are. And they internalize that, those that ignoring those wins and they go back out or they relapse or they refuse to continue with treatment because it's like it's not enough for them. Man, see shit, it wasn't even enough for them. They don't even care for real. Did it for the wrong reason. They have to do it for themselves because they know the win. They know how hard it is. They know how big this is. Gotta feel good that intrinsic motivation. Yeah, I didn't do this. I did this. I've come this far. Man, three weeks ago, 24 hours ago, six months ago, I know where my head is. What well, was and I know where my head is now. Damn, I did it. You can't give them that. And that's okay. So, I say to you, offer support. But offer emotional distance when you need to. They have to figure it out. They have to come to terms with pursuing that change on their own. You've done enough. Let's get to the rest of the episode. It's time to take a 
beat this is the part of the episode where i talk to you about what i've been listening to what's on my playlist what's been giving me joy making me reflect what's been in rotation y'all you already knew what it was that silk sonic drop baby that silk sonic drop baby <laughs> an evening with silk sonic bruno mars and anderson Park dropped and it's only nine tracks i'm gonna say this to you silk sonic kirby jojo i'm sick of you with you short ass projects we need more i'm being greedy i'm being selfish <laughs> but i really love this um from beginning to end of course you know leave the door open everybody was singing fly is me great after last night with thundercat and the one and only bootsy collins oh my gosh like you can really feel his mentorship all up and through this project i love it smoking out the window i told you guys about that last time put on a smile 777 the lucky seven y'all that that's a banger skate i told you i love that song and it ends with blast off i love it i love the nostalgic feel i love the way their talents bounce off of each other it it's it's a vibe it's definitely a vibe it's something to you know chill to to ride to to laugh with it's a solid project but it's only 31 minutes and it hurts my heart the video is great too i love smoking out the window of the video like that this bitch that part gets me every time um of course y'all know still listening to jojo won't stop you can't stop me you won't stop me um and you know what i revisited that i really needed in my heart tevin campbell can we talk and i sung it from the top of my lungs from the depths of my soul with my kids in the car and it felt good it felt good i love that song shout out to tevin campbell for his vocals that he gave during my youth he a gem a gem so what you guys been listening to what's on your playlist what you got i love to hear it all right guys let's get to the rest of the episode guys it's time to do it yourself this is the part of the episode where we talk about coping tools skills things we can use to help our mental health and well-being to decrease the stress that we have in our daily lives today i want to talk to you about the power of a good old-fashioned cleansing. I love a good cleanse. No, no, no. I'm not talking about one of those shake or tea detox that you use and drink and 
your stomach is in knots and, you know, it's a disaster in the bathroom. We're not talking about one of those. I'm talking about spiritual cleansing. Um, I am a very, very spiritual person, not very religious, but very spiritual. And one of the things that I love doing when I feel like my anxiety is high or the world is just kicking my ass or something just doesn't feel right and I'm heavy is a good old spiritual cleanse. Um, I, I create them for myself and I've even had my godfather come to my house and cleanse me, not in an erotic way. Let me explain what goes on. So um, my cleanse is something, if I do it by myself, I'm in the shower and what I collect are rosemary, eucalyptus, lemongrass, a little bit of Florida water. Um, I sage myself in my bathtub. I light a white candle or a black candle for protection and healing. I put my selenite for, you know, that uh, increasing positive energy and removing the bad things from my, my aura, my energy, and some black tourmaline to, like, absorb the negative and keep it away and protect. And I line those along my um, my bathtub. I say a prayer and affirmation um, and I put the eucalyptus in the shower on the bathtub while I'm running the water and I combine the herbs that I mentioned earlier in a bowl and I wipe, I, I put it into a water and I cleanse myself, my arms, each arm, my feet, um, my head. Sometimes I even pour it over my hair and I rinse. And as I'm rinsing and cleaning in my bath and I sage myself as well, um, before I actually go through with washing my body, which I wash my body with lavender because that's one of the things the old folk use for protection and healing and also help me get to sleep after I've had such a trying day and I'm doing something to soothe and wash away. I want something to come and pour back into me and soothe me, right? So as I'm rinsing and I'm watching the the, the herbs fall, I literally say aloud the things I want to rinse away down the drain. So if that's my anxiety attacks, if that's some um, something that someone has said to me that stayed on my spirit, if it's self-doubt, if it's whatever it is, I speak that it be removed and that I wash it away. I literally say it, call it out and say, I wash it away. I watch you go away. I watch you go down the drain. I remove you from me. I remove this burden. I cleanse myself removing myself of the burden of, and I name these things. And sometimes after I do have a really powerful cry and then I, you know, scrub myself and cleanse myself with a lavender soap. I have a, a beautiful friend, Leah, that makes some amazing lavender soaps, but I also use my Castile lavender if I run out of hers. 
pure lavender soap. Also, somebody, um, one of my old work mamas bought me a beautifully, a beautiful smelling lavender soap, handmade soap from Italy. So I wash with those things. And then I thank my ancestors. I thank my creator. And I thank myself for having the strength to endure those things. And then I tell myself that we're going to let it go. And I feel so renewed and so light after. Um, in my spiritual practice, having my godfather come over and do a cleanse for me. We made it in our house, in my house with my godbrother. And then we cleansed ourselves in my yard, my backyard in a ritual. And it was so beautiful watching my godbrother be cleanse because he was holding some heavy stuff and him watching me we're clothed <laughs> in the backyard and we're dressed in white and it was beautiful it was freeing so you don't have to do a whole complete ritual <laughs> that's that's more in alignment with my spiritual practice but you can combine some things and cleanse yourself get you a, one of your favorite soothing smells and exfoliate. Get you a nice exfoliating scrub. And as you're scrubbing your body, I want you to tell yourself what you're releasing. I want you to tell yourself what you're wishing and, and washing and rinsing down the drain, which you're now free of. And then after you exfoliate and you use maybe a moisturizer or a calming, soothing cleanser, like a bar of soap or a soft body wash. As you're massaging it in your skin and rinsing that, I want you to talk to yourself about what you will pour into yourself and talk about the things that you're thankful for and thank yourself, thank your higher power, thank what you're connected to spiritually and emotionally in advance for helping you release that energy and release those burdens. Try it. Tell me how it goes. All right, let's get to the rest of the episode. Now we've come to the cool down. This is the part of the episode where we focus on breathing, body awareness, relaxation, mindfulness, and most importantly, you. Follow along with me as I guide you through this exercise. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and get in the most relaxing state you can. Sitting, standing, laying down, without much distraction. Now, if you can't do this right now, it's all right. This is a podcast, so you can pause and come back to me when you're ready. Let's begin. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Deep breath in. Let it out. 
have some messages for you today. You are loved. You bring so much joy to so many people. Your hard work is so important. You're full of so much purpose. You have so many wonderful ideas. You are worthy of so many positive and healthy relationships. Your life is so valuable. Even in your darkest moments, you are someone's light. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Release the tension from your body by allowing it to relax. You're doing a great job. Life can be hard, but you are trying your best giving it your all and that's what's most important take a deep breath in let it out you matter the sound of your voice your physical presence that you radiate is so important to me. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. And if no one has told you this week, today, I love you. And I couldn't imagine that you love yourself for me take this deep breath in let it out and repeat after me I love you take a moment and acknowledge yourself you deserve this moment so many more. This has been your affirmative, positive, cool down. All right, guys. Thank you for being here with me for another episode. We've come to the end. But I want to thank you for all your listens, your downloads, your love, your shares. You mean so much to me and you make it easier for me to put in this work every week. I'm a one man band, one woman band. So (laughs) I want to give a shout out to my connected podcast family. 
thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for support. I can't wait to um, introduce you guys to some of those other family members from the other shows. It's, it's going to be a great time. Also, remember, the Canamom check-in is this Saturday from 3 p.m. to 4.20 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a virtual event, and you still have time to register. But, baby, it's a couple slides left, so hurry up and come. Hurry up, okay? <laughs> Thank you guys for everything. Um, again, Canamom check-in is Saturday from 3 p.m. to 4.20 p.m. It's a virtual event that we're going to talk about wellness, parenting, coping, and how cannabis has impacted your life as a Canamommy. Thank you for the podcast listens. Go and listen to the other episodes if you haven't. Check me out with, um, Cope Chat with Dr. Vivid on Sundays and TikTok. And pray that I get my vivid glasses so I don't feel so blah. <laughs> All right. And in the words of the prolific, poetic, beautiful, and so eloquently expressive songwriter, Tua like you'll be the baby. <laughs> it still cracks me the fuck up. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye. We out.